0: Welcome to another episode of Before My Time. I'm your host, Kelsey Laurie, and we are joined, as always, with our co-host, producer, and best friend, Matt Kelly. That's right, Matt Kelly, you are the show's best friend. And Matt's going to share his information on some early female stand-up comedians, the ones that paved the way, the pioneers we say. Haha, <laughs> let's go.
2: to entertain you we'll sing your songs for good times the best times you can't go wrong we'll two step a new
1: step it won't be long when the dixieland
2: is playing soon you'll be swaying so come on sing along Kelsey, we are in the middle of the final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm-hmm. um, a show that has been, I mean, I think that the first season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is among one of the finest seasons of television. Like, the first season is incredible. I agree.
0: That show. I feel like it just kind of, I didn't yeah, watch the been... last season, because I was, when it came out, I was like, eh, you know what, I love this show, but I'm good with where it was at. Like, I'm, I'm
2: good. This... This season so far, I'm just like, man, we're wasting a lot of episodes for the final season on stuff that doesn't matter, uh, as far as I can tell. But I want to talk a little bit about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, and we'll start with this. The show is created by Amy Sherman Palladino. Uh, For those of you who don't know Amy Sherman Palladino, she got her start in writing uh, as a writer on Roseanne. Uh, through that show, she was able to create and show run her first TV show, which was Gilmore Girls, which was a wild success. Um, for one season, she did a show called Bunheads, which I personally really, really loved.
0: Well, I used to be a Bunhead. Like, that's how I grew up, was yeah. like literally that. Uh,
2: Bunheads did not do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then her career kind of stalled out until Marvelous Mrs. Maisel came around and really like rejuvenated it. Uh, Erman, a- oh my god Amy Sherman Palladino's career um, she created the show as a combination of her nostalgia of her father being a struggling stand-up comedian in the Bronx during the 50s and 60s and her admiration for female comics of that time period specifically Joan Rivers and Tuddy Fields who are the two biggest influences on the character of Midge so I wanted to dive into like who are some of the other comics that were inspiration to the show, and just kind of important because you know in this day and age, there are probably just as many female comics as male comics. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely not the case or the norm for many. Many. I feel years.
0: like just until up in recent, I would. I'm going to look this up while you talk a little, but I would say probably statistically, there's still more men.
2: Probably statistically, but definitely, I would say that. 80s you started to see female comics get a little bit more leverage 90s for sure because then you started getting like Roseanne, Ellen Degenerates like a lot of them started to break through and now I mean there's just so many there's so many and it's and it's great um, the the adage back then in the 20s, 30s, 40s was just that women weren't funny um, so in early roles for, for women who considered themselves uh, comedic they kind of exclusively were just romantic interests or like the singing dancing character in a vaudeville act. Um, the most that you would ever really see with a woman doing comedy at that time was as a pair up with another male comic. Um, so some examples of that would have been like Gracie Allen and George Burns, Mike Nichols and Elaine May or Gene Carl and Buddy Howe. Um, but there were a handful of female comics that were able to break through and become successful as solo acts. So I wanted to talk about a few of them. Now, do you remember in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, the introduction of Sophie Lennon, um, who was the kind of the rival female comic that would wear the fat suit. Jane Lynch, and do, right? Like, Jane Lynch's yeah, character. Yes. yes. So she was based on based around the concept of Moms Mabel, do you do you know Mom's Mabel? Uh-uh. All right, she is often credited as the first female stand-up comedian of all time, um, which is extra impressive because not only was she a woman, but she was also gay and black. Cara- she played Damn. a character of Mom's who was inspired by her own grandmother, so it involved her wearing a giant loose dress and a big funny hat, and she would make it appear that she had no teeth, and she would. Basically, tell stories that would be these jokes about race and stuff that was going on in life, but filled with sexual innuendo and double entendres. Uh, it was pretty edgy for the time. Um, and you think about it now, like that tradition has still continued, right? The the concept of like the offensive old lady who doesn't realize what she's saying, and obviously in my mind, I'm like, oh, this even feels like modern day Tyler Perry is doing. Mm-hmm. Medea feels very inspired by Moms. Um, the other woman who is often classified as the first female comic is Phyllis Diller. Oh, I've heard. That. And unfortunately, the reason for this is that Phyllis Diller was white. Um, moms was very popular in like an underground club kind of way, but white audiences really didn't know of her existence until the late '60s. Whereas Phyllis Diller kind of popped off in the '30s, but That's okay, because Phyllis Diller was also comedically great. Phyllis Diller kind of broke the false concept that women weren't funny, so much so that for years she held the Guinness Book of World Records for the most laughs in a single minute. She had a rapid-fire, wisecracking delivery. Uh, Her character was usually that of a hapless housewife. Uh, So she would wear exaggerated makeup and lots of costumes and crazy hairstyles. And she had an iconic cackle that everyone knows. It was kind of like a, "Ah, like, she just, if you look up Phyllis Diller, you'll go, oh, I've, I've seen this woman. Yeah. Her her comedy was way more self-deprecating. It was usually about her failing marriage with her husband. I feel like Phyllis Diller, when you look at her, there's almost an element of, I get a little bit of like drag culture from her. Like yeah. it, uh, it's got that, that over, that very flamboyant over exaggeration with everything Wait. the clothes, the hair, the makeup. Her, like.
0: her older is like looking into my future. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be me.
2: Yeah, Wait. 100%. I, I feel like you would love Phyllis Diller for sure.
0: <laughs> that's gonna be me, Matt. Oh my God, this is a problem. Okay.
2: Let's talk about the two comedians who inspired uh, the character of Midge. Okay. We've got Joan Rivers. Of course. Um, Joan Rivers kind of started her career in New York alongside Woody Allen in the 50s. Uh, What set Joan apart from Phyllis Diller and Moms is that Joan is the first female comic to just be herself. She wasn't playing a Mm. character. She wasn't playing an exaggeration of it. Um, She didn't lean onto a specific character. She was just a single Jewish girl who spoke about all of the different things going on in her life, gender issues, and politics. Super midgy. Uh, similar to, <laughs> yes, yeah, su- exactly how Midge is depicted. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of interesting, and also I feel like kind of sad, because Joan Rivers, as I said, started in the 50s. She was the first woman to ever host a late night talk show in 1986. So wow. <laughs> 36 years into her career. They finally said, "Oh, maybe maybe, maybe a woman own. can hold her own on on the late night." It was called the Late Show with Joan Rivers, um, which I think was kind of we've had the Late Show for years, so I think it wasn't like created specifically for her. But whoever the previous host is that left, they they brought in Joan the same way they do with the Tonight Show and various other which shows. I just
0: want to follow up on my search earlier. I wanted to give you the statistics of stand up comedians today. Today. Mm-hmm it is a 27% female ratio wow. so, yeah, to still... 73% men in the stand-up world. So it's still very yeah. much so a boys' it's... world. Yeah, I, I don't want to undercredit all the women still trying to push through today and be something. Which there are more, but still, that's that's not very high.
2: Yeah, no, not at all. And then finally, Tutty Fields, who is the one that I knew the least about. I, know I had that. known about moms. I, had, I definitely knew Phyllis Diller and Joan Rivers. Um, cause I feel like they've always kind of, I mean, Joan Rivers up until the day she died was, you know, doing red carpet events and, and, you know, guest appearances and stuff. And, but, but Tutty unfortunately passed in her forties. Um, she was a Jewish comedian from New England who really started to see her star rise after Ed Sullivan saw her perform at the Copa Cabana. And booked her to be on his show. She did a ton of late night show appearances, and interestingly enough, through doing late night television, she met the band Kiss, and her and Gene Simmons became like the best of friends up until oh, I love that. Uh, the day she died. Apparently, because when they were on a show together, she joked, "I bet underneath all that scary makeup, you're just a very nice Jewish boy." Um, and Gene Simmons said, "Oh, you, if you only knew." And she like kind of. They had, like, a nice kind of playful back and forth from there. Oh, I do want to mention this, too, because I thought it was funny. She wrote a humorous diet book just called I Think I'll Start on Monday. <laughs> um, it will not. But unfortunately, that was a little tongue-in-cheek because she did suffer seriously from diabetes. Uh, which Which led to a lot of blood clotting and then led to her losing a leg. Uh, they had to amputate a leg oh, from blood clots. And while she was... Uh, Oh wait, sorry, I missed something there. Um, yeah, she had she lost her leg, and then just before she was supposed to start a residency in Vegas, she died from blood clots, uh, in her sleep. So, so, cut back on that Coca Cola,
0: folks. Yes, yeah, tying into exactly another go, go back to
2: last week's episode and avoid that. Cut out that song. Um,
0: wait, that's
2: out, though. Now, the last person I want to mention obviously steps outside of the realm of. Female comedians that inspired marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but if we're talking about these historic female comedy personalities, there's a couple that need to be mentioned. First and foremost, one of your all-time favorites, Gilda Radner. Uh, like what Gilda Radner, what Gilda Radner did for sketch comedy, being a woman, and and really like we've mentioned this before, but you watch those first two or three years of SNL, and it's the Gilda show. If she's not. If she's not the most fearless, outrageous performer on that show, she's second only to the hurricane that was John Belushi. You know what I mean? They were, like, like so
0: different, though. It it is true that he was outrageous, but she wasn't, like, a very – I feel like he was just more like, I'm on drugs, kind of. Yeah. outrage and well, she no, so was, I like, just mean
2: of when you watch all of those though those are the two that are really throwing their bodies yeah, all over oh the God. place for the sake of comedy like they are she was she, she makes was me absolutely so happy fearless. when she just
0: throws herself against a wall like I yeah it's so great physical just, comedy never no we and I we've said this from very early on in this we podcast will we will Gilda do a Gilda episode, episode yeah. and it's, it's coming uh,
2: but I also want to mention another person that I feel like gets overshadowed in the early SNLs, which is of course Jane Kurt. I um, do who, love; she
0: is so yeah. underrated. You go back and watch it, like her timing, her timing, her and Dan Aykroyd together.
2: Are- and that's what I was gonna say. She really, she was pretty progressive as being like a political comedian on a late night sketch show, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure the first female weekly weekend update anchor personality um so you know really really underrated i i i love gilda gilda is is the goat for many many reasons but don't sleep on jane <laughs> jane I did. I brings think I said a lot that of when heat when
0: we did our first five years of snl episode i did like a huge shout yeah. out to her and i was like we never talk about her and she just deserves so much yeah. more credit and praise because she had me laughing so hard and yeah. again yes and is then- the goat but
2: and then the last two that I have to mention, while they didn't start as stand-up comedians in any way, uh, they started on Broadway and turned that into a, a, a lovely career as comedic actresses on television. But you have to mention Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett. I
0: knew I was like, Carol Burnett's one of them. Oh yeah. No, they are female women pioneers
2: in yeah, the comedy. So world. But I, I wanted to I wanted to at least give them shout outs. They are definitely not part of the category that we're talking about of like actual women who went up on a stage with just a microphone yeah. and a lot of opinions but what those two women did for comedy and the progression of female comedy in in a very mm-hmm. still as we pointed out male dominated <laughs> career is is important especially especially Lucille who like had a lot of power like I for read, a woman of that time period book, and it was really yeah. good i <laughs> highly
0: recommend it very interesting her progression into her comedic roles because she used to be more of like a 1930s actress she was really good friends with ginger rogers and ginger's mother took a lot of these actresses under her wing and helped them and she really highly helped lucille ball's career and kind of guide her in this that so yeah no she's she has a really incredible story highly recommend and then um also we have an episode on the curl show so if you want to
2: learn more, we do with with my friend katie hampton who will be married by the time this episode comes out so congratulations katie (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about some of our more modern female comics that we're a fan of after this quick break
1: put down that smartphone and listen to me i'm matthew milligan professional musician and lifelong weird Al fan See you there, you donkeys.
2: You know, Gelsie, you and I are both some comedy-loving fans. And I think in a very recent episode, we threw a lot of praise on uh, Wanda Sykes as one of, like, oh, our yeah. all-time favorites. But there's there's a lot of women out there doing some top-notch comedy that, you know, be it what we grew up with on the 90s or in the 2000s, are worth us giving a, a little bit of a shout-out. So who were some of the ones that you remember loving when you were a kid for showing an interest in comedy. And we can expand this outside of Ooh. standing in front of a microphone if we need to to just yeah, like because
0: I as a child, you don't watch stand up.
2: <laughs> you don't, no. And I was gonna say, like, not I don't believe she ever walked up to a microphone, but I've been doing a rewatch of Seinfeld and Julie Louise Dreyfus oh, is like I think I under I, I didn't appreciate how yeah. much she puts into that character in every like She's like a scene stealer in that show that I did not recognize as a child (laughs) watching Mm -hmm. it.
0: Yeah. I would say any, like I grew up on so many sitcoms.
2: Um,
0: and so it's like all the females in the sitcom world really like, uh, I don't remember the comedian's name, but we watched the Drew Carey show all the time and Mimi.
2: Yes. Oh my God.
0: That was, I was so young watching her, you know, play this like extreme character and, Laughing at things that I didn't even understand, you know, it was still at that phase when, like, if my parents laughed, I laughed, and I'm like, "Oh, this is funny." I would say Saturday Night Live. I mean, I always throw it back to them and how much it shaped me. But Molly Shannon, Sherry O'Terry, um, Anna Gasteyer, like those are the women that I saw. I, I watch SNL probably way too young, but those are the women that I grew up with seeing females be just as funny, if not funnier and outrageous as the men and stuff. And so it's they really shaped me. A lot as comedians. And then I was always watching, like, even growing up, Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett. Like, I would say some of that, everyone we just mentioned, I still was exposed to as a child, which was awesome. I did want to do a quick throw out to someone very new and who I've been getting into lately. She's still. On her journey, she has two Netflix specials out now. Taylor Tomlinson is... I was
2: just about to mention her. I have seen so many people share her stuff. She is
0: so fucking funny. And it's her first special on Netflix, Quarter Life Crisis. I watched, and there's some things I'm like, I'm not laughing the whole time, but there was a lot of relatable stuff. And I'm like, she's funny. Her new special, I was like, oh, she's funny. She's just getting... She was 25 on her first one. I think she was 29 on her second. And now seeing some of the stuff she's putting out on Instagram for the tour she's currently on, like... It, I feel like I am watching her develop into the comedian she's going to become, and she's just getting funnier and funnier. And I love – I mean, she talks about being, uh, you know, in your late 20s, like we're, being an adult in that awkward phase, being single, having mental health issues, depression, um, med anxiety, uh, medication for uh, being bipolar. And, and it's – I love – she goes there, but it's just really fucking funny. She, there's a whole bit that um, she talks about trying to, like, get a guy – to wear a condom in his late 20s yeah. off of a dating app. And, like, her analogy, I was in tears. I have shown everyone. I'm like, this is the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I. she's, like, the one that stands out to me as, like, a new up-and-coming great female comedian.
2: Someone that I don't think we associate with stand-up comedy anymore, even the, because she's just become so famous uh, from TV show appearances. But literally, anytime you put Aubrey Plaza in front of a microphone... Oh, she's so uh, funny. Her... her de- like, this is why... Anytime that she does anything at any award show, it goes viral, is that she's just honed this perfect deadpan De- oh, delivery so of stuff. It. Yeah. Um and and one from oh. the nineties that I love to death and and just really, I mean, if you talk about, you know, the these early women in the in the 50s and sixties and how they pushed like what was acceptable for a woman to say on stage. I've got to give credit to Sarah Silverman I knew you 90s. I was like, she was the next yeah. person I was going to say, too. Yeah. I did watch Who her stand just, up
0: all the time. Like, she, like said
2: things that you did not know it was okay for there anyone, was, male or female, one, to say on stage. I know. There was
0: one thing <laughs> she said, I remember, and it was in, I forget what special it is, and she's talking about how, like, her grandmother died but they're trying to convict the guy like oh she was raped and then death it's something like like crazy and she's standing there and it looks like she's in this mournful like and she goes oh god please just let them find come in my dead grandmother and like that's what and you're just like oh my god and i remember just like all of us laughing because it's it's like she's really good at that shock factor but she'll play it so normal instead of being like i'm gonna say this crazy yeah. thing pussy like it's this just so and then she'll drop a line like that that you're like oh dear god but yeah it's so i used to love the sarah silverman program her book I did Bed, watch a bedwetter
2: lot. is fantastic as well is it i need and, to yeah and then sarah silverman program was so funny in the world of sketch like you said the the whole snl thing when you especially you bring in people like tina fey and amy poehler who are oh, just tina like Faye's my god like she like, is like like incredible and and even right now i feel like I am loving almost every woman that's on the current cast of SNL because they're, they're so weird, they're incredible. so strange and I weird. I love like,
0: what's going on right now. Chloe <laughs> Fineman is a genius. She yeah. she's brilliant. They they I all love, are. Really I love
2: a, what's it. Sarah Squirm like Sarah Squirm to me is so uncomfortable that it's like. it it.
0: brilliantly yeah her
2: fighting with colin jost on weekend update is like never not the funniest thing to
0: me (laughs) so so good i do i want to give a shout out to tiffany haddish too she's one of my faves yes and she's great if you haven't seen um david letterman's show for my what my next guest needs no introduction and he sits down and does like these long interviews with everybody i mean he's got the kardashians on robert downey jr obama everyone and tiffany haddish is one of his guests and it's an incredible episode and just i mean within five minutes she's just so vulnerable and crying about the upbringing and it's it's so cool to hear her journey and even like how comedy kind of saved her from living a rough life on the streets and got her out she was living out of her car as a teenager just trying to be a comedian and a really inspiring story but she's she's funny too there there's a handful of comedians too that i will say like i watch some specials on netflix and within 10 minutes i'm like yeah. And you know, I don't want to, like, shit talk well, anyone. Amy Schumer, like, I really like.
2: Um, Amy Schumer, like, I was going to also say... Whitney Nicole Cummings Breyer, is one I turn off a lot.
0: I'm not going to lie. I like, can't get she into gets Whitney. I and want I don't to. get it.
2: Nicole Breyer, I always want to give a shout out to. I'm not the in love with her specific stand-up, but, like, she is the glue that makes Nailed It such an enjoyable show to watch because she she's so quick in those situations of watching these people just do a terrible job at cooking something and the the analogies that she'll just pull out of her ass to describe what the food tastes like uh, if you've never watched nailed it Gu you should absolutely you I know what it You we'll find I haven't so much joy it. out of watching it uh it is your it is your sense okay. of humor for sure of and just I need like, like
0: a good show to throw on like
2: and that that's what it kind is. Kind of mindless it,
0: and just in the background. Like I've been looking for. It, a, I don't want to start a new fucking series. I yeah. don't want to pay attention. I nope, just this is want perfect for you. Then. On the TV, great. Yeah. Okay, I'll watch. Nailed it. That and I need to watch um, the Great British Bake Off because I like totally um, different vibe. It, different but vibe. Same. But it just <laughs> reminded me of you know at least you're baking and there's comedians on the panel that are just commentating yeah. Like those are those are two shows on my list. All right, yeah,
2: I'll do this. yeah, and they're and they're great background noise. But Gelsie, if there is other great background noise, uh. I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but people can tell us about it. Where yeah, if you have a show that it?
0: you like to put on that makes you laugh, but you don't really have to pay the fuck attention because my brain doesn't want to, please let us know. You can find us on Instagram at beforemytime_podcast underscore podcast or on Facebook. Just type in BeforeMyTime. We will pop up right on our wall. DM us. Send us a comment on our latest post and give us your insights on life. Tell me what the fuck life is all about because I'm struggling here. <laughs> and share your favorite <laughs> female comedian as well. You know, spread the love. Speaking of spreading love, if you have a moment. We would love if you spread your love and gave us a five-star review and had some time to write some kind words. It gives us an opportunity to give in front of more listeners like yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in and hope to see you next week. Bye.
1: Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend, Matt Kelly